Are lupini beans part of your regular diet? For most Americans, they aren't, but they should be. Isabel Steichen at Lupi is setting out to change that with Lupi's protein bars that put lupini beans at the front and center. Lupini beans have three times the protein of eggs and all nine essential amino acids like meat, but without the terrible impact on animals and the environment. I'm Betty, the founder of Upright, and you're listening to the Upright podcast, where we interview thought leaders and innovators like Isabel, who are making a positive impact in health, sustainability, and inclusion. Upright's vision is a world where health and sustainability are accessible to all. To get there, we're launching a high-protein instant oat milk that's as nutritious as dairy without the cow, as well as this podcast series where we can highlight the amazing things that other founders and brands are doing to make the world healthier and more sustainable. In this conversation, I talked to Isabel, the co-founder and CEO of Loopy, which makes plant-based whole food protein bars using the small but mighty lupini bean. Isabel's from Europe, where lupini beans are a lot more common, and when she first moved to New York, she found it easier to be plant-based, but found that everything on shelves was so heavily processed. She realized there was an opportunity for snacks that were higher quality, more functional, and more nutritious, which eventually led to the launch of Loopy. In our conversation, Isabel shared her journey starting from her early days of creating lupini bean bites in a commissary kitchen and talked about what makes lupini beans so great. We also talked about the challenges of sustainable packaging and her advice on the importance of staying even keeled. With that, here's our conversation. Hi, Isabel. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I was wondering if we could start with you sharing your story. You know, I'm, I'm so curious to hear, you know, what was the key insight that inspired you to, to start your own sustainable food company and create Loopy? Yeah, thank you for having me, Betty. I'm so excited to be here. Um, and I can totally dive into that. Basically, I had moved to the US in 2013. I had transitioned to a plant-based, an entirely plant-based slash vegan diet myself at the time. And it, in some ways it felt easier than where I grew up in Europe because there wasn't so much cultural stigma around it. Um, you know, I have a French grandmother, so it was very hard to explain to her why I would ever in my right mind give up cheese. So that wasn't so much of an issue in New York, but what I what stood out to me um, was every single person I was talking to about my plant-based diet was asking me where I was getting my protein from. And I quickly understood the US consumer is very much driven by functional nutritional benefits. And especially when eating plant-based, people wanna feel better, but they're really concerned that they're not getting the right nutrients and protein is top of mind for consumers. So I took that inside and started thinking about it and you know, worked for startups in my daytime jobs, some food related, some more tech software related, but in my free time really started immersing myself in the space, ended up getting certified in plant-based nutrition, started a podcast where I was interviewing plant-based change makers across different industries. And as I was learning more, I, I really understood that protein was a real concern for consumers. But then I found it super contradictory when I looked at the options that were on the market because I thought they were all so processed. And it was basically two main sources of protein, soy and pea, which both have their challenges, GMO, um, flavor related. Pea is actually, I would argue, not that nutrient dense. So I thought that's kind of mind blowing that among all the plants that we could use in this world to fuel ourselves with, we're relying on, you know, just a few and then we're hyper-processing all these foods so that we mimic, you know, an original version of something that ends up not making us feel that much better. So that was really the inside. And I started researching ingredients and became absolutely obsessed with lupini beans. 
I knew them because I grew up in Europe. As I mentioned, I'm from Luxembourg originally, and there's a large Italian and Portuguese community. They've been eating lupini and those cultures for centuries because of their um, health benefits. And so as I was learning more about the unique functional benefits that this bean has um, and the incredible environmental benefits, I just saw a real vision to introduce it to the U.S. market and build a brand platform around um, lupini beans. And that's kind of how Lupi was born. I love it. I mean, similar insight for me, I think, starting upright as well as just recognizing the importance of protein. And that's why we're doing a, a high protein oat milk. Um, yeah, using, you know, not a soy or, or pea based legume protein that a ton of people are allergic to and have like their own environmental challenges. Um, but yeah, I would love to dig more into that. You know, like, tell me about lupini bean, because I feel like it's not a super utilized um, protein right now or ingredient in the US market, despite so many advantages you know, yeah. and benefits to it. So can you talk us about, you know, what, what makes lupini bean so great? Totally, totally. Um, so I'd like to start off with lupini is an ancient ingredient, right? We're not, we're not bringing something um, to the table here and forcing people to eat something that nobody has ever eaten before. As I mentioned, it has a long culinary and agricultural history based in the Mediterranean uh, region of Europe. Um, it was, there's some, some stories around the Romans and gladiators eating lupini beans. Those were mostly actually plant-based um, and, uh, and they would eat lupini because they already knew at that time that they were so nutrient dense and made, you know, the gladiators strong for their, for their fighting. So there was already a recognition around the protein piece. Um, so it has a long history over there. Now it's always hard to penetrate a new market and the US, as we know, is very much based on monoculture growing that has been um, highly subsidized over the last uh, decades. So it's hard to introduce a new ingredient. That being said, that the ties are shifting and we can see how consumers want novelty. They want better, higher quality plant-based foods. Um, farmers want to diversify their growing. We need soils to be revitalized and um, to put nutrients back into our soils so that we actually feed ourselves nutrients. So um, there's a real opening there. And lupini is so outstanding because for one, it's a complete protein, which is pretty rare in plant-based. So it has all nine essential amino acids. It also has more protein than any other legume that's out there, even slightly higher than soy, which has for long been considered the highest, the legume with the highest concentration of plant protein. Um, it is packed with um, prebiotic fiber, something also that consumers are starting to recognize um, as such so essential for their general gut health, but also overall immunity, immune health. And, um, and it's naturally low in carbohydrates, which again is really unique for beans. So it's really checking these main consumer um, claims that consumers are shopping for. And then not to be forgotten, the environmental piece, we know that consumers' main drivers are still their personal, is still their personal health, but more and more the environmental piece, the sustainability piece, the eating for the planet piece becomes important. And lupini beans are nitrogen fixers they used extensively in regenerative agriculture i already touched on that slightly here but especially in the states there's a real need for crop biodiversity and um, for nitrogen fixers to be reintroduced to u.s soils and lupini also flourishes in really harsh climates like colder climates but also hotter climates so it doesn't need a lot of water to grow and from that perspective it's really very sustainable as well so for all those reasons, it's really poised to take over the U.S. market. 
What a miracle ingredient, you know, yeah, absolutely. I can see why you would want to, to start a, a product using this, this incredible ingredient. And so I'm curious, you know, when you did come up with this insight and realized that lupini beans had so much potential and, and so much opportunity in the U.S., how did you get started? Like, what were the first steps that you took towards bringing your vision for, for Lupi to life? Yeah, definitely. So I was still working full-time at my last startup job, a software company based in Brooklyn, fantastic company, totally unrelated to food. Um, and I had started research on lupini. I had started um, talking to some farmers and growers over in Europe, um, in Germany and France mostly. I started talking to some um, policymakers over there, some other entrepreneurs that were using the ingredient and thinking about if we introduce a new ingredient, what is the best format to do that in? And knowing that American consumers, especially younger generations, love to snack and um, are looking for more nutrient-dense snack options throughout their day, I quickly landed on snacking as a really interesting category to go into. But in parallel, I also started researching what can you actually make out of lupini beans? So a lot of that research was you know, testing products that I found when I would visit family um, in Europe, but also trying stuff in my own kitchen. And I had come up with these little bites actually that um, were using whole beans in them. And, um, and I started making them in my kitchen, ended up getting a food handler's license and uh, scaling it to a commissary kitchen. A friend of mine owns restaurants here in New York. And so he let me use his commissary. And then I started selling that in, in two local stores down the street from me, like super tiny, small scale, just to test. And people loved it. And there was such curiosity about the ingredient. And obviously the product was different than what it is today, but it was a way for me to get some insights and see there's a real interest for the format, for the ingredient. And that then led me to kind of fleshing out what is the actual first product and the bites became bars. Um, at the time when I was doing this, the company wasn't called Loopy. I don't think we, I had a name for it actually. Um, and, uh, and so I started at that time um, thinking about how could I scale this and ended up leaving my job. And um, coincidentally was introduced to a startup studio at the time that was looking to build something in a plant-based space. So it felt, it felt really like timing was just perfectly aligned and um, and then also I started looking for a co-founder around that time because I had seen the most successful businesses and teams that I've worked for were teams of co-founders with complementary skills. So I went on a real co-founder dating journey, literally had a Excel spreadsheet with uh, people in there, met like probably over 70 contacts in my network. And I was at the point uh, already thinking it's going to be really hard for me to actually find this perfect unicorn person who wants to do this with me. And then I was introduced to Ali, my co-founder, um, through a common connection. And she um, doesn't only share a passion for plant-based eating and holistic health, but also has a really incredible food and beverage background. So it it just was meant to be. And, um, and then we started joining forces and taking Loopy to the next level. It's amazing to hear, you know, yeah, how much work went into this, but it's obvious that it, it all paid off with the, the, the two of you founders coming together and the, you know, um, product becoming the bars that they are now. Like the, the bars are getting rave reviews online. I was, I was taking a look there and it's, you know, such amazing feedback. I'm curious, how did you then land on the right, you know, complementary ingredients and formulations? I know that dates are a big part of it. I, I'm just curious if you could talk about that a bit. Yeah, I mean, 
for one, I started doing a lot of research around the space bars specifically. A real challenge that the category has is most of them are really overprocessed or they're very simple and don't actually deliver on functional nutritional benefits. So it's kind of either or you have like Lara bars, which were probably the only bar that I consumed before Loopy was born uh, because I love the simplicity, but I never found them to be particularly nutritious. They're not that high in protein, not that high in fiber. Um, and then you have all the very processed extruded bars, like the Quest bars that for a long time were the go-to bars of a lot of consumers, but they are um, highly processed, have a ton of added ingredients. They use protein isolates usually, so are stripped of all other nutrients, usually depleted of fiber, um, and then have all these additives to mask, you know, the taste of protein isolate because it doesn't taste good. So um, I was looking at this space and I saw the real white space to, to combine both, have like a functional benefits that I can achieve through using Lupini, but also the simplicity of the nutrition label. And for me as a consumer, and when I started doing research and talking to other consumers and doing survey work, I realized a lot of other people had left the category because of exactly the reason that they felt like they weren't eating food anymore. So how can we bring the food back into the bar category um, by keeping the nutrition label really simple and clean and using whole ingredients? So I had kind of those golden standards when I was thinking about recipe development. And, you know, we don't believe in discriminating macronutrients. So we, we believe in a nice combination of carbohydrates, protein, fiber, and fats. And we landed quickly on dates as a great sweetener. Dates are um, lower glycemic than a lot of other sweeteners. They are packed with fiber. Um, they have lots of other micronutrient benefits, and they're just a great way to add natural sweetness to our bars. And then I was playing around a lot in my kitchen. I, in my very first startup job, I worked for a food startup and had worked extensively with chefs and learned a lot about recipe development. So, um, it was a lot of trial and error. It was a lot of taking samples to group focus groups and getting feedback and improving. And um, finally, we landed on the first recipe and we found a fantastic co-packer that we went to, literally went into their factory, scaled the recipe together, and then launched the first iteration of the bar. And then over the last, you know, we've been working for two years, over the last two years, We've gotten tons of great feedback and we've already made some tweaks and changes to the packaging a little bit to the formulation um, to improve because it's always important to listen to consumers right and really continue to iterate and um, make the product even better amazing no it's a ton of work that's went into it but um, clearly has paid off you know so on that note of packaging you know so you you spent all this time um, iterating on the, the right ingredients and the right, you know, format and all that. And so once you came up with the, the bar format that you have now, the, the formulations for those, how did you decide on what packaging to use? You know, especially in, uh, right now in CPG and in such a sustainable ingredient sort of based product, um, packaging sustainability is also like a very, a very hot topic. So I'm curious, how did you decide on what packaging to use for, for your yeah. movie bars? It's such a, such a difficult topic. Um, and I have probably researched packaging before we launched for over a year. And I came to the conclusion that unfortunately there's a lot of greenwashing out there. And I knew I needed packaging that preserved my product for at least 12 months so I could land on retail shelves. And at the time I was looking at recyclable packaging, which very challenging. A lot of plastic doesn't actually get recycled. 
correctly um, because there's no infrastructure in the States for that. And uh, then I was looking at compostable packaging and unfortunately all the food safe packaging that I found there that would preserve the bars, the texture, the moisture was not backyard compostable. It was only um, compostable industrial facilities, which I don't even know where to find an industrial composting facility down the street from me here in Brooklyn. So um, I realized that there was really no great solution for bars specifically that were able to preserve the product, reduce waste, but also were sustainable, or in my opinion, as sustainable as they should be. And so what we ended up doing is we, we went with this plastic wrapper. Um, we do have uh, some partners that can upcycle the wrappers. TerraCycle is a great organization. I personally, you know, like to collect my wrappers and drop them off as a TerraCycle drop-off location, but that's not easy and convenient and we recognize that. So while we're waiting for better options that are truly sustainable to come to the market, we decided to um, work with CleanHub, a really amazing organization, take responsibility for the waste that we create as a business and start a plastic offsetting program. So we are plastic neutral, meaning that we commit each year to um, collecting the equivalent of plastic that we emit in the system through our bars from the most polluted areas in the world um, so that they don't enter the oceans, which is one of the biggest problems of plastic waste. So it's not a perfect solution and we're eager for the first truly compostable packaging um, to launch and for us to use that. But in the meantime, um, at least we're offsetting um, some of the uh, waste that we're creating. And then luckily we have cardboard boxes and master cases that can be recycled. So on that front, we, we are able to deliver on more sustainability um, and hopefully that will happen with the wrappers soon as well. No, I think the fact that you're you're already doing all the offsets for your your plastic to make it carbon neutral um, is already huge or plastic neutral. Sorry, and I, I agree it's such a it's such a challenging topic in CPG. So I think you're already doing um, a lot, and I, I completely agree. I'm hoping that there'll be more sustainable options in the future. Um, I'm curious, then, you know, looking towards the future, then. So, what what's next for the brand? Like, what is what is your vision for Loopy, and where where do you think it's going next? Yeah, I mean, we're we're coming out of two years of pandemic, right? We launched in January of 2020. Crazy timing. We had grand visions to go after retail first. Totally threw that plan out the window in March of 2020 and started focusing on direct consumer and Amazon. And then we made some exciting progress on the retail front. Last year, we actually just launched an Erewhon in LA, which is huge for us. We had been working on that account for a long time. And then we have some really other exciting retail uh, launches that we'll be announcing soon. So um, finally getting on those shelves of some of the major U.S. retailers regionally is really exciting. And that's what we're, what we're focused on for 2022. We have a new flavor that is going to launch um, shortly. Um, I'm going to say it has chocolate chips in it. It's delicious. So uh, we, we're definitely excited about that. And then we're working on some other product lines as well. We really see Loopy as a platform for Lupini beans. Bars were a first way to introduce the ingredient to consumers in a format that um, is already accessible, um, that has a wide variety of applications throughout the day. But we're also working on some other product ranges that we'll hopefully be able to launch later this year. So yeah, lots of exciting things. Very, very exciting. Well, I'll definitely be keeping my eye out for sure. Um, no, it, it's so impressive to see how far you've come now with, with the brand, with the sale channels, um, and with the products. 
I'm curious, you know, looking back on your journey up until now, what is the best piece of advice that you've received that you would give to other founders who are early on in their journeys? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of advice and a lot of helpful insights that people share. One thing personally, and I don't remember who said that to me, but, um, you know, when you start a business, and especially when you're so emotionally involved and you care so deeply, the highs can be really high and the lows can be really low and it can literally feel like a roller coaster. So the best advice that I could give is, you know, make the highs a little less high and the lows a little less low so that you can just even it out a little bit and know that whenever you're down, there's going to be another success waiting around the corner because it, it truly is a marathon. It's, there's no quick wins. It takes all, a lot of time. It takes waking up every morning and putting on a clean uniform and doing it again. And so endurance is essential. And in order to have that endurance, it's really important to just stay emotionally, you know, even keeled as much as you can. And I think that's definitely what I, what I'm trying to live by. Really, really good advice, Isabel. Thank you. Well, you know, um, to wrap up for our listeners who are interested, where can they go and find Loopy to learn more about your brand and, and your products? Yeah, totally. So website is a great place to go. Getloopy.com. Loopy is spelled L-U-P-I-I, L-U-P-I-I. Um, and then we have an Instagram account, Getloopy. Um, I personally think we're, we're putting out some really fun uh, accessible content on there. So that's another great place to find out more. And then, yeah, as I said, stay tuned about some retail launches. We have a newsletter list where we always announce new retail launches. Air One in LA, if you're out there, go support us. Um, we're in a lot of independence in the Northeast, um, some, some chain, small chain accounts in the Pacific Northwest metropolitan market in Seattle. If you're out there, um, come and check us out. Amazing. Well, thanks so much. And I will personally vouch for your, your Instagram account in particular. I love the <laughs> memes that I get loopy. Thank um, thank you so much again for joining us as well and wishing you the best of luck on, uh, as you continue your success and growth. Thank you so much for having me.